sitting in my car. And you know what that means? That means it's time to do the talking portion of Way to Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast. So, uh, this episode, we opened up with just me doing some improv, uh, kind of faux or improv Peabrook playing in St. Clement's Church in the Isle of Harris, kind of the very southern tip of Harris. And we're going to do some more piping from Harris. Uh, it's there a year ago. And I'm sort of nostalgic for it. I guess the theme, if there's a theme of this episode, roughly it is the Hebrides. Um, but then my O'Farrell pick kind of throws all that out of the water. But we've, the order here. <laughs> Ooh, such a professional thing. Um, so yeah, improv from St. Clement's Church. Then we're going to do the Angus Mackay tune, the Three Girls from Poetry. Uh, then we're going to do Skyboat Song. And then... We're going to play To Daunton Me from O'Farrell's collection, and then I'm also going to include uh, To Daunton Me from Ewan McCall singing it. I didn't realize it was a, O'Fer- uh, a Robert Burns poem or song until uh, kind of doing a search and seeing Ewan McCall did it, so I'm just throwing it in there. Uh, and then we're going to finish with Cor- Corey Neeson's Salute. Oh, I just listened to a bunch of people that speak... I just listened to a person who speaks Gaelic say it, and I don't remember. I think it's Cory... Cory Nesson. Cory... Cory... Nesson. I don't know. Cory... Cory Nesson salute. Anyway, so, yes. Hello. Welcome to Wage Twogs Bagpipe and History Podcast. Uh, last week, wound up with a pretty great... <laughs> pretty great turnout. Uh, I think, I mean, that's thanks to actually promoting it outside of my, like, Facebook feed. Um, last week I was ready to quit the podcast because I had, when I first released the uh, Donald Lindsay Chanter System episode, it was getting dismal. I just released it at the wrong time and my stats were terrible. And I was like, man, if there's only 20 people listening to this, it's not worth the effort. Uh, and the control that it's putting over my head. And then uh, Donald Lindsay shared it on a Facebook group, and it went up to... uh, Quickly was the first episode to break 100 listeners, and then I was like, oh, maybe I should share this. Uh, I posted a link to an episode on Bob Dunsire, and then I had another episode go over 100 listeners. So anyway, it turns out I want listeners, so um, feel free to share these things around. I'd appreciate it. I've already got, like, a pretty wide array of listeners. The stats are listeners on every continent except for Antarctica, but maybe that's the other option uh, when they're listing all the countries. Um, So I've got a wide dispersal, but low numbers. So uh, if you like the show, share it around with your piping and kind of historical music friends. Um, Yeah, I'm going to try to be a little bit more structured, try to be a little less rambly. A little more to the point of the music, and we'll see. Uh, I am already noticing that having this podcast going again means that I'm playing my Highland Pipes a lot more than I used to, which is great. Uh, It feels really good. I think I'm going to order a Hardy Chanter from either 1969 or the early 70s to see about getting my um, pipes a little bit, kind of that nice older sound out of them. Um, I've kind of been, <laughs> I've been toying with the idea for years of getting a Julian Goodacre 
uh, Landall Mackay Channer copy, but lately he's been having issues um, sourcing a reed maker for it. So uh, even when I had finally decided to pull the trigger on it last year, he said, yeah, I'm not making that until I can get a reed maker, but get back in touch with me next year. Um, so I'm just going to try to get an old vintage channer because I think the pitching is about the same, honestly, from, like, if you can get a channer from 1900, I don't know that it changed a heck of a lot between the, um, kind of 1600s chanter that Goodacre is, is copying, and, uh, I played a 1900 Robertson last fall that a buddy of mine has, and it was, it was really cool, uh, to hear the difference. Uh, maybe I'll play those clips once that Hardy Channer shows up. Anyway, so uh, open up with some piping in St. Clement's Church. If you don't know, St. Clement's Church is this cool stone church that the McLeods of Dunvegan and Harris, well, the McLeods of Dunvegan built this church in 1520 as a place to kind of bury their chiefs and important folks. And it's, I don't know, history and politics and religion are a little bit messed up. So um, it's this beautiful church. It looks like it's been there forever. It was built in 1520 and used for about 40 years only, and then the Reformation happened, and uh, the church went into disuse, and it was rebuilt around 1760, and then a couple years of use, and it burned down, or the roof burned off, so I don't know if it was still used with kind of crappy roof for a number of years, or if it just was a ruin uh, until... It was rebuilt in 1873, but um, last year when we were on Lewis, the first day we were on Lewis, we showed up on a Saturday night, which means that everything was closed on Lewis and Harris uh, on our first full day there on Sunday. So we drove around and hiked the, you know, Kailanish stones, uh, still filled with tourists, even though it was just a miserably cold and windy day. And we drove around the, the gold road and all these like beautiful, amazing things. Um, but the weather was just got awful. And I had a hard time imagining how anyone could ever decide to live there. And, uh, then we got to St. Clement's church at the very bottom of the Isle of Harris. And it was open, like, like the door wasn't locked so you could get in. And it was just really cool to get in there. And I guess I had known that the church was there, um, and that it was a burial place for McLeod chiefs and important people. There's some bards and, and lady bards that are buried in the, in the church, and there's quite a few people in the kirkyard there, and it's a cool church. There's a Sheila and the Gig um, figure, and also a, a man wearing a great kilt, and a man lying side uh, with his, you know, blocks and tackle out, like, it's a really interesting structure, uh, especially knowing that it's like built in the 1520 and 1520 and I, I don't know, it just makes me wonder all kinds of things about Mason, the stonemasons and the various cultural things that were going on. Um, Sheila gigs are, if you don't know, they're these interesting structures that show up on stone buildings uh, in Scotland and Ireland that there's a bit of a debate what exactly is going on. Some people think it is a woman in birth, um, but it's very clearly a woman bent over, kind of holding open her vulva. Um, so some people say it's birth. A friend of ours from North Carolina insists that it's just pleasure. It's just a woman having an orgasm because there's an awful lot of smiling going on for a woman in birth. Um, and so the St. Clement's Church has not only a Sheila in a gig, but has this you know, man out too with with his block and tackle out on a side. Uh, and it's also got this guy in a great kilt, which is cool. Maybe cradling a set of pipes, not quite sure. And then it also has the McLeod bowl kind of right on the side of it. Anyway, 
went to St. Clement's Church. It was empty, desolate day, got inside, it was nice and dry, and, um, like, I don't know if the McCrimmons would have played there, just based on the, the kind of timeline in which it was used. I'm not sure how long the McCrimmons were the ancestral pipers to the McLeods, or how long the McCrimmons were pipers from the McLeods. Um, but I still, like, I wanted to play bagpipes in a space that, um, you know, possibly Patrick Ogg or Donald Banna, like all these big McCrimmon heroes of mine had played in. And so I just improvised that tune. Um, it was t mostly, it's largely influenced by uh, Corey Nesson's lute. Again, don't remember how to pronounce that. Just looked it up. Um, and also based on a, a P-Brook I was writing for my dad, uh, or had written for my dad, but I guess I haven't finalized it yet. One of these days we'll post that, or I'll include it in here, give me an excuse to polish it up again. Um, but the acoustics in the church were just amazing. Um, got a recording of McCrimmon Over Return that I'm going to play in a future episode. Um, but yeah, lovely place. I was able to, to play for a good, I think, 30 to 40 minutes before... My wife got too cold <laughs> from wandering around the outside of the church uh, or the kirk looking at um, the Sheena gig and all the, the different figures and things that were part of it and uh, before the tourists finally showed up. But we had it to ourselves for a good long while. Uh, anyway, so like I say, if there's any theme this episode, it's the Hebrides. So uh, I know we already did the reel from Sky from Angus Mackay. So this next tune is the three girls from Portree. Um, well, it's also known as the Boat Linking. I found it in another kind of piano music collection uh, that mentions that that was another name for it. It was a good tune. I was recording, I was planning to do the Buckskin Kilt for this episode, and then I kind of had a brief moment of panic thinking that I'd already played the Buckskin Kilt on season four episodes. And so I quickly <laughs> looked through Angus Mackay, tried to find something. So this is rough. Um, Kind of most of the music on this podcast is rough. I'm, I'm hoping that um, maybe these, me playing them and talking about them, if you're a more accomplished musician than I am, it'll drive you to go find those tunes and see if they're interesting to you. Um, so, and also maybe the quality will improve once I am in an apartment where I can uh, record practice a little bit easier. Um, but these tunes are generally recorded. Uh, in the same day that I'm first exposed to them. So is here's my uh, couple of stabs at the Three Girls from Pro Tree. Cool tune. Uh, really dig it. Uh, glad to have recorded it. I'm not sure. It's hard. All these Mackay tunes, these, little, these short little reels, like, I don't know. I, I think I need to make a set out of them to really keep them in my repertoire because I can feel them just coming and going, <laughs> like showing up and then disappearing. So uh, anyway, here's the three girls from Portree. Uh, Portree is, you know, a, a port on the, I guess, northeast, well, east bit of, of Sky. Uh, anyway, so here we go. Three girls from Portree, also known as Boat Leaking. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
right, and now uh, let's go back to Harris. Back to Harris and enjoy the Skyboat song. Um, I don't know. Skyboat song is a good. It's a good song. It is so popular that it makes it hard to. I don't know. I didn't used to have much of a problem playing it before, but now that Outlander's out and Outlander has used it as their theme song, and not only they use it as their theme song, but they're using the Robert Louis Stevenson lyrics for it. Um, I don't know. It makes me feel a little bit more achy. But it was one of like only three tunes that I have a recording. I've been playing in St. Clement's Church, so that's what we're going to listen to. Um, Skyboat song. I've heard various stories about it. Um, I've heard kind of anecdotal stuff that Flora McDonald herself listened to the tune and demanded that bagpipers perform in a certain way as an offering to the prince or something, uh, which seems like kind of peak Victorian romantic uh, Jacobitism. Um, but the as far as we know, like the oldest recording of it is uh, it was collected from a woman named Anne Campbell McLeod in the later 19th century, but supposedly, I think, I I couldn't really track down the source that she wrote it down in, Um, but supposedly it's from an older Gallic heir, so maybe it's older than that. It kind of seems like it's probably that Victorian Highlander worship stuff, Um, and then the kind of English words are are added a bit later. Um, And with the first publication of it, uh, and Campbell MacLeod quickly kind of is no longer associated with the tune as the guys that are publishing the collection start saying, oh yeah, 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 this is my arrangement now. Um, yeah, Anne Campbell McLeod, I went on a little bit of a deep dive trying to find out more about her. Um, failed. Failed miserably. Uh, she became Miss Lindsay? Madam Lindsay? Lady Lindsay? Lady something. Anyway, she wrote a book called Letters from India and kind of a travelogue or a report of her five years in India. Um, and then it was clearly doing some kind of collecting of Gaelic songs too. So anyway, here is Skyboat Song. I'm sure you all know it, um, recorded in, uh, St. Clement's Church. I just love the acoustics of that church and look forward to recording in it again. Here we go.
to go back to Illin Pipes, uh, or to, to do our first bit of Illin Piping. Um, this is a tune to Daunt and Me uh, from O'Farrell. I had, you know, this is one of several tunes that Jero Sullivan has recorded as well, or recorded already. And those tunes always make me feel like, well, I don't know what the point is of me playing them. Um, but uh, it was kind of interesting. I recorded it, and then in kind of preparing for the episode, I, mean, I love it. I love it. It sounds, it's one of O'Farrell's tunes that sounds old to me. And by old, I mean, like, it sounds like the Regency and kind of classical music-wise. So I was really surprised when I searched to Daunton Me and found out, like, oh, it's a Robert Burns song. So... Here's a, this is a very Scottish, um, Scottish and Hebridean, uh, episode here, but, uh, so here's to Daunt and Me, here's me playing O'Farrell setting, uh, clearly heavily influenced by, I think it's heavily influenced by Jerry O'Sullivan's setting, uh, I, I don't take, if there's any errors, those are mine, obviously, but, uh, so here's me playing to Daunt and Me from, uh, O'Farrell's pocketbook. Next, like I said, I was surprised to find out that it was a Robert Burns song, so here is a recording of Ewan McCall singing and performing to Daunt and Me. Um, big fan of Ewan McCall's work in terms of kind of Scottish folk music revival. Um, been playing quite a few Ewan McCall tunes, kind of just randomly, whenever I'm feeling down or out of time. Uh, one of his songs will jump into my head and I'll perform that as a tune of the day. Um, but I had not heard this, uh, his version of To Daunt and Me until researching 
and kind of getting ready for the podcast. So in that sense, I'm thankful for O'Farrell for giving me an excuse to listen to more Ewan McCall. So here is some Ewan McCall. He's a big Scottish folk singer, kind of Scottish folk revival guy in the 20th century. The blood red rose at you may blow The summer lilies bloom in snow The frost may freeze the deepest sea But an old man shall never don't me don't turn me and me say young with his false hair and flattering tongue that is the thing you ne'er shall see for an old man shall never don't turn me for oh his meal and oh his mud for oh his fresh beef and his salt for oh his gold and white money an old man shall never don't turn me did don't turn me and me say young with his false hair and flattering tongue that is the thing you ne'er shall see for an old man shall never don't turn me his gear may by him kai and you his gear may buy him glens and nows, but me he shall not buy nor fee, for an old man shall never don't turn me, did don't turn me, and me say young. With his false hair and flattering tongue, that is the thing you ne'er shall see, for an old man shall never don't turn. And finally, uh, we're going to go out on a peabrook. I am waiting to hear back from. Um, a archive that has just all kinds of amazing resources. This episode has been adjusted about three times from what it was going to be. This was going to be an Orkney episode, and then it was going to be a McCrimmon episode. Uh, and now it's kind of just this random uh, Hubbardian episode. And the reason is because I am I finally like reached out to an archive to see if they would count this as educational because I'm not getting paid uh, from this, and in theory it's all uh, based around history, and I'd love to be able to play um, some clips from their archive uh, throughout the episode. Um, and so maybe this is the last time you'll hear me murder <laughs> or kind of perform a Peabrook from memory or sight reading, because uh, there's some really cool Peabrook recordings on that 
uh, website, including where I got how to pronounce uh, Coronison Salute, which I don't remember. The issue is I used to call it Coronison or Coronison Salute, um, and then listening to people pronounce it in Gaelic as Coronison, I think, but uh, it's not what I used to say is the issue. Um, anyway, this is one of my favorite Peabrocks. It was clearly influencing me when I was improving in St. Clement's Church. I was thinking about that tune a lot. Uh, it's not written by McCrimmon. It's written by Roderick Dahl Mackay. I think Mackay studied at Borig, the uh, McCrimmon Piking, uh, Piping College there, uh, just on the other side of, or across the way from Dunvegan. Um, but I'm not sure. I know his son did. Um, I think Roderick Dahl Mackay is... Wayne Dahl Mackay's father. I could be wrong about all this. Um, anyway, it's definitely one of my favorite Peabrocks. Uh, I first heard it on a the, the Piping Center recital series from 1997. I got on a big kick of listening to those things a lot. Those were sort of my first Peabrocks. And Arthur Gillies just does a beautiful rendition of this tune. Um, poking around on, like, listening to older recordings, there's some slight differences and... Um, but I, I've always really liked Arthur Gilley's performance of it. And I think he does it a little bit slower than some of the older ones, too. Um, and so I think that definitely influences me more. I recorded this uh, one time through and then realized, like, you know what? If I'm... When I record a P-Brock, like, I don't compete. I, I haven't competed in over tw 20 years. Yeah. Easily over 20 years. I competed, like, my first year of Highland Piping. And... Uh, and never again. Uh, I guess I competed with a pipe band once. <laughs> we didn't compete. We just, like, we just went up there to... So, this is true. I haven't competed since uh, I was nine or ten. Because uh, the pipe band that I was in, we were just like, well, we're just playing for adjudication. We don't actually want to compete. Um, but, yeah. So, haven't competed in Peabrook. And that means that I've never really just knuckled down and memorize the hell out of a thing forward and backwards. They're just songs to me. Like, they're beautiful songs. And that means that the melody, the parts of the melody I like are the parts that I wind up replicating. And, you know, that might be wildly disrespectful in, in some sense, but I, I sort of feel like... Like, I've read enough to be dangerous. Uh, like, you read accounts of the McCrimmons being angry about how people used to play Peabrook just willy-nilly and do all kinds of crazy crap with it, of, like, doing whole scales between notes. And, um, I just, it seems to me that when bagpipe music was, like, individual and all over Scotland and you had bards and things, and, and Scotland anyway, that it was unique. It could be unique. There was differences between players uh, and performances. Uh, I remember reading accounts of um, pipers kind of performing a variation of a Peabrook and then stopping and taking a drink or grabbing a bite to eat or telling a story about what that Peabrook's about and then going on to the next variation. And the times that I've done that, those have been the best performances I've ever felt, you know, like ever gone through of Peabrook where you stop in between the variations. Now, this tune, Coronation's a little bit different. Uh, I think it's one of the best Peabrocks in terms of building, like, those variations. They really build beautifully, and there's a syncopate, like, there's a, a variation that I, seems unique to it. Oh, man, where can I put this beard down? What do you hear it? Like, the, the doubling, and the, and the Kronlua, especially, 
Like, often when I play this tune, I just play the ground, and then I play the Kronlua, because I really like the Kronlua. It does this, it does a really cool uh, beat thing. I just love that that extra dum bing dum dum dum. I love that beat, um, and it does that in the doubling too. Um, but this this tune really works well. You can tell that I recorded the bagpiping bit hours ago, and now I'm still I'm jonesing for for this tune again. Uh, I was gonna try to record just the ground and the kundalua for the podcast, and I realized a I didn't remember uh, technically how to play the second part of the tune well enough, like. You know, you play through the ground once, or the first bar, and then the second bar through. Like, I couldn't remember quite how the A, B, B section went. Um, and um, and I, I just couldn't remember that. I played it too much, the, the part that I loved. And so this recording is me uh, playing from memory, sort of. But I also uh, have to confess to having the Kilberry book open and looking at it. It's sort of a funny thing. Uh, I read, I have a paper copy of O'Farrell paper copy of Angus Mackay, but I still spend so much time learning off of a, when I'm reading sight, sheet music, it's often on my iPad still, and so as I set up Angus Mackay's book, or not Angus Mackay's book, but the Kilberry book, to to look at the sheet music, I was thinking like, okay, so this I'm going to play a whole P-Brock, the screen's going to go to sleep, like how do I, at what point am I going to reach down here and touch the screen so it doesn't go to sleep? And then realized, like, no, you idiot, that's a real book. Those things don't go to sleep. You don't need to refresh them. Um, yeah, there are some, there's definitely some errors with my playing here. Uh, at times, I desperately needed to wipe some sweat off and uh, adjust the bag. And, uh, yeah, so there's some moments where I hold a note that isn't really supposed to be. I also think I screw up, uh, screw up one of the variations pretty significantly, but... Hey, man, it is a full P-Brock, and so that's what it is. I encourage you to listen to this, because I love this tune. Um, and, uh, so yeah, this is using uh, all of my piping on Highland Pipes today has been with full cane reeds. Um, the Mackay tune and this tune are both in my McCallum pipes with a Gibson Channer. Um... Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, I am intentionally leaving it here <laughs> at the last track, so if listening to a full 10-minute P-Brock is not your cup of tea, you can skip it. But I tell you, there's some good music here. Um, thanks for listening. Like I said, I broke 100 listeners for the first time in this run uh, last week, so uh, keep it up. Because when I get over 100 listeners, I feel obliged to do this and do it better. So uh, share it around. Tell people about it. Like I said, leave a review on whatever podcast form uh, catcher you are listening to. And feel free to email me with uh, requests or thoughts at uh, waytotwog at gmail.com. And check out the website, waytotwog.com, for more stuff. I'm hoping at some point to add links to some of these manuscripts and things i've been telling myself i can put that off until i finally do an episode that's all about a manuscript um but that episode keeps getting pushed further and further back so i really should just do it if i'm gonna do it anyway here is cory nesson salute or however you pronounce it um thanks for listening 
and enjoy.